Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And let's be heard. The final gun has sounded. Now it's your turn to hear and be heard. The Huskers are headed to the locker room, and we're ready to give you all the post-game info and opinion. It's Big Red Overreaction, the first live post-game show featuring the most important voice of all, you the Husker fan. Big Red Overreaction is sponsored by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill, and by Equitable Bank. Also by Burton. When your plumbing's hurting, just call Burton. Get on the line now at 402-951-1620 and sound off on Big Red Overreaction, live on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg. Low snap by week last week. That pass high and picked off inside the 20-yard line. The receiver didn't look like he had any idea where the ball was. Third down and 10 for Nebraska. Thompson hit. Ball flutters up in the air like a punt, and it's intercepted. It's picked off by Sidney Brown. He's got some running room past the 20. Brown inside the 15 and down to the 11-yard line. Welcome in. Bigger and overreaction here on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com, 1620thezone app, 1019 The Keg. Uh, We're available on video, whether it's on 1620 The Zone or on YouTube. And of course, it is still AM radio and tonight FM radio. He's Ravi Lula. I'm Josh Peterson. Nebraska Falls to Illinois, 26 to 9. They now sit at 3 and 5 on the season. They are 2 and 3. In conference play, Illinois moves to 7-1 and and 4-1 and in league play. This edition of Bigger and Overreaction brought to you by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. Also brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill. And brought to you by Burton. When your plumbing's hurting, just call Burton. Uh, one of the highlights that we just had there, Robbie, or rather a low light, was the interception that Casey Thompson threw. That ended up being the last pass of the day for him and you know I know we're going to look back at the Ramir Johnson you know drop certainly but that was the moment it seemed that everything absolutely changed and Nebraska ended up losing I mean listen I obviously the turnovers were an issue Um, I believe that the Ramir drop changed momentum a little bit but if you look at the way I mean look at the way Illinois just physically beat up Nebraska after mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. Maybe those things contributed to Illinois' decision to quit playing around and just be Illinois again. Mm-hmm. But I figured they were going to stop being stupid at some point because that's how they've, they've played all year, just kind of just pounding people into the ground. And as soon as they stopped trying to do throwback wide receiver passes, it was pretty much over for Nebraska. So I have a hard time believing that you know, a drop here or a pick there really made the ultimate difference when it was probably not going to go Nebraska's way uh, regardless of those things. Obviously, the turnovers are a bigger issue than the drop. If you don't have the turnovers, you have a real opportunity to get some of those possessions back. But I, I know the drop felt like a really big deal in the moment, 
I don't know that I really put a ton of stock into the idea that it changes the outcome of the game. Yeah, I, I think that there are a few plays that I, I know that I'll be looking back on in this one as, you know, turning points. I'm with you. I think Illinois was obviously the better football team. You know, Nebraska helped kind of give them the game a little bit uh, at, at various points with the drop, with the turnovers. But three plays in particular that stand out to me about this one. The drop definitely begins things. The the interception, um, you know, by Casey Thompson because he it results in an injury and he ends up, yes. you know, missing the rest of the yeah. game. The injury is a bigger deal to me than the interception. Yeah, itself. the interception by Chuba that he threw in the second half. Brutal. Though, that is absolutely that. Brutal. And then there was the penalty. I mean, it's like a kind of a two two play swing in a way. Nebraska, uh, they, they decide to accept a holding penalty, right? There were two holding penalties mm-hmm. on Illinois. They decide to accept one of those holding penalties, and so it ends up being second, like 22. Instead of third and 11. Instead of third and 11, and in that in that scenario, just a, a horrifically stupid penalty. Um, because the, By Luke Reimers on that scramble afterward. Of, of DeVito. Uh, he was, yeah. He was... Ravi, he had gone so far out of bounds. Yeah. Like, he was, you know, like, on the sidelines, you have the three yards, essentially, of, like, the white. Of the white Sideline, yeah. yeah. And then you have more green. And he pushed it. And, and by the time that DeVito was pushed, it was, he was almost to the green. You know? Yeah, it's a it's an idiotic penalty. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah, there's points where you can say, okay, maybe this could have changed things or this could have changed things. But... Illinois was a better football team. Nebraska played bad football. It's not like there were one or two bad breaks. Nebraska was consistently playing bad football. Yeah. And so that's why I have a hard time legislating, well, if this goes a different way and mm-hmm. if that goes a different way. Like there were, it started it, at the jump. You there know. were eight things, yeah. right? When there's one or two, you'd be like, ah, oh, man, maybe that's a bad break. Yeah. But when it's just consistently bad football throughout, yep. really hard for me to be like, well, if we flip all of the things Nebraska did bad and they did them good instead, it's like, well, that's just not who they are as a football team. Correct. Uh, by the way, we're, of course, waiting for Mickey Joseph's press conference. We will get to that very shortly. We do have two lines open for you right now at 402-951-1620 if you would like to give us a call. And I think, Ravi, what you are saying is ultimately hitting on a problem that's uh, coming out of this game, and that is, and I guess Alex and Lincoln, as he texts in, uh, he does that a totally kidding, but will you discuss why this team looked like a Scott Frost team? And, and I mean, more than any game, I would say, in the Mickey Joseph era, this was the one that seemed to bring about that type of mm-hmm. criticism, and I think it's fair because they, they didn't look well coached at times. Like, there are some issues that they have that – Coaching in this exact moment, this far into the season, you're not going to be able to fix. For example, the offensive line. You're not going to be able to fix the offensive no. line. I thought the defense, you know, played pretty well. I thought they played okay. Yeah, for the for you know, given uh, we're grading them on a curve, sure, but I thought that they played pretty well. But Todd, he said it well on Twitter. This is an ass kicking. Score doesn't show up, but Illinois is making this team their bitch. I never thought I'd see a team hit the coast button with Mickey, but here we are. I disagree with the latter part. But I agree with the former part. The final score says that Illinois won the game by 17 points. It didn't really feel like a 17-point game. There was that one stretch early where Nebraska has the lead. They get the ball back. Ramirez drops it. The interception, yada, yada, yada. And then there's a play in the second half where Illinois turns it over deep in their own territory. Nebraska's down 20-9. to nine. Mm-hmm. They score a touchdown there. It's, a, it's potentially a different game. Correct. But again, those were two things in about 12 that were really bad for Nebraska. Yeah. And yeah, if you flip those two, maybe the game ends up different. But if Nebraska doesn't do the other 10, then they'd be a good football team. So, yeah, it, yeah and that's just not who they are. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, yes, there are, you can go to individual moments and be like, this could change it and that could change it. But the fact of the matter is, 
Illinois beat the hell out of Nebraska. Yeah, today. they did. They the absolutely score, dominated. The score isn't gonna isn't gonna show that. But this is kind of also who Illinois has been for a lot of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat Wisconsin thirty four to ten, which is only a touchdown more than they beat Nebraska by. But they beat the hell out of Wisconsin. Yeah, you know that's how a lot of these games for. I mean, the the Minnesota game is a great example. Twenty six to fourteen. That doesn't look like a blowout. Yep. Minnesota was not in that game. Yeah, Illinois physically and, dominated, and, and that is, you know, I think when, when I remember when we were talking about this game in the off season, or when we were talking about this game last week, and you know, for the record, I did pick Nebraska to win. Oopsies. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, we, I was almost right on Illinois score. There you go. Yeah, and and so when we were talking about it, you know, like look, a, a seventy to ten loss, that's no fun. You know, a, a forty, whatever, whatever the Purdue score was, that wasn't, that's not very fun. Forty. 37, yeah, 42, 37, like whatever it was. a 42-27 score. You know, I'm trying to think of, of equivalents in terms of margin of victory. Those wouldn't be very fun. But, man, there's something about today, the 26-9, to where Nebraska gets the lead 9-6, to and after that their offense is is practically inept. I don't have the, the, the totals in front of me in terms of the yardage that Nebraska had pre-Casey Thompson getting hurt and post-Casey Thompson they getting hurt. They were basically even at halftime. Is three, what, so. Three, so here's the interception drive. Three plays, negative yard. Uh, after that, three and out, seven yards. Uh, then the end of half drive. Second half, six plays, 22 yards. Uh, three plays, zero yards, interception. Four plays, eight yards. One play, five yards, fumble. Three plays, six yards. Three plays, negative 12 yards. So the longest drive that they had after Casey Thompson left the game was six plays for 22 yards. And the thing that I'm wondering about, and I imagine that we'll get an answer on it uh, in, in just a, a little bit longer, is going to be what? why did we see Logan Smothers at the end of the first half. And then but, never again. But we never saw yeah. him again. Yeah. I mean, my first thought would be like, maybe. Did he get hurt? He was hurt, but, and I'm trying to remember the end of the first half. He maybe, had a couple runs. Yeah, he did have a couple of runs. So, I mean, maybe, Possible. maybe he took something. Mickey Joseph is speaking uh, right now. We'll go to Lincoln, and after that, we'll take some of your calls. He got um, jammed on the elbow and kind of hit the nerve, and he couldn't feel his fingers. His hand was numb. Mickey, a couple of interceptions and, uh, near the red zone, and. So for a field goal, how impactful were those missed opportunities for you? It's big. We can't. We, we we talked about winning the turnover battle, and we didn't. We got it. We got to win the turnover battle. We had too many turnovers. You went with uh, Logan at first, and then with Chubb in the second half. Kind of what was behind the decision process? Well, we wanted to go Logan because we thought we was going to run some option, and then we figured we had to throw it to get back in it. So we went with Chubb. What were they doing to Trey Palmer? He just had one catch today for one yard. Did they do something to take him out, or was it more of the you guys just couldn't get it to him? Well, they mixed, they mixed it up. We couldn't get it to him, but um, they were really handsy. And we talked to him during the week that they're just not going to let you run. So he's got to run through some of the contact. He understood that after doing a game that he had to run through it. But just some plays, we just couldn't get it to him. Was there a thought to go back to uh, Logan in the second half? We talked about it, but we thought we had to throw it, so we thought we'd stay with Chubba. What did you see with Chuba and that, that that was leading to some of the struggles that he had out there? Well, he's, he's just got to take care of the football. You know, on the interception, he's throwbacks across the field. You know, you learn that first day of quarterback school. Don't throw across your body. Don't throw across the field. Should have just ran the ball because we already were in field goal range. We already had points. And he understood that after. We just, I got to get him ready. I got to get, I got to prep him better. I got to get him ready better. I do think you stood up physically with these guys because that's how you preach that all week. Yeah, I thought I thought we were physical. I thought you know I thought the defense played hard. I thought the defense you know went went at them. They they're big they're big offensive line and they run the ball well. Yes, we yes we, it went downhill. We got off the tracks um second half and like I said we got to go back and look at the film. But I can tell you they dominated us in the second half. Mickey, how confident are you in Logan Smothers in the throw game? Well, I'm confident in him, you know, but I, I think that you know. It was, 
if Wood wants to go with, with Chubba because we think Chubba throws a little better, let's go with Chubba. But we'll, we'll have to take it from here because we don't know what's going to go on with Casey. So it's a possibility you'll see both of them. How, uh, how do you feel like you established and stuck with the run game today? I thought we, 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 we had some runs, and I thought we, um, we missed some runs also. And we got to do a better job of just creating, creating more seams. Torres a possibility? Excuse me. Torres, no, no, right now, right now, Torres not ready. Well, it's frustrating when you can't get, you know, the guy that you need to get the ball to. You know, it's frustrating, but you know, we other guys, we got to look at the film because we, I thought some other guys were open also. Uh, we can ask Bush this obviously on, on Wednesday as well, but there were a couple pass plays where they, it seemed like they they got really open mm -hmm. on the two the two touchdowns. What, what did you see on those two plays, and what maybe couldn't you guys done? There were some routes, and we got we got to fight through the rubs. You know, we got to get over the top over the top of it, or we got to fight through the trash to get there. And we talked to him all week about the pick routes, and that's the first touchdown was on a pick route, and we got to we got to fight through the noise. We got to fight through it. I know it's never just one play, but that. The Ramirez drop, you had to probably feel like that was a play that was going to be pretty big for you. Yes, yes. Ramirez, you know, and to the kid credit, the kid caught the ball all week. We repped that play at least 10 to 12 times, and he, he didn't drop one, and he dropped it today. But I'm not going to say one play lost the game for that kid, you know, because we, we, got to, we need that kid to play with a play for us. Well, we just we just talked and said, you know what, we're going to come back. We're going to we're going to watch the film and we're going to look ourselves in the mirror. We're going to be honest with ourselves. We're going to tell the truth like we always do on Sunday, and we're going to see where it went wrong at. We're going to fix it because if we don't fix it, it's a copycat league. They'll come back and hit us with it again next week. Is the gap between Thompson and the backups that significant in terms of what we saw today? Is that been indicative of what you've seen in practice? Well, I think anywhere around the country between one and two, it's going to be it's going to be a big gap, you know. So, Sam, you know, that's yeah. I think it's a I think it's a gap between. Them. One or two more. How hard is it for a backup to get off the sideline cold against a really good defense and and have success? Oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's not easy, especially going against a really good defense and they're moving around and they they play solid football. But you know we got to get him ready. I got to get him ready. I got I got to do a better job of prepping him during the week and getting him ready. And probably have to get him more reps, get a backup more reps. But sometimes a backup don't get any reps. He's got to get mental reps and he's got to go in there and do his job. What's the challenge, Mickey, of coming off of a game like that that's so physical and then going right back in to this stretch that you're in, Minnesota, 131-0 one, one today against Rutgers? Well, it's Big Ten football. We got we to gotta come back. We got to go back to the practice field. We got to have another physical two or three days of practice and get back and get back at it. I mean, we can't, we can't run away from it. We got we to gotta go in and hit first. We can't run away from it right now. You were down, Nick, from last week. How do you feel those young guys stepped up with linebacker and all over on the defense? Well, I'll go back and watch the film. But overall, I thought they played pretty good. I thought they, they, they stuck their nose in it and they probably made some mistakes. But that's for, you know, not having the reps that they normally have, you know, because there's more reps. So we just got to go back and look at it. If you have to go with one of those backups going forward, what can you guys do around them to, to support them and make their job a little bit easier? Well, I think we got to protect them and also we got to establish a, a run game for them. So we'll, we'll go back and look at that. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Mickey Joseph speaking uh, after the game down in Lincoln. Know that there were some audio issues with that, so we do apologize. If you missed it at the front of the conversation, uh, he mentioned that Casey's injury was to his arm, which we all assumed it affected his nerves, and he couldn't feel his fingers. So that was what happened with Casey Thompson on the hit that he took towards the end of the first half. Sounds kind of like a stinger based yeah, on, yeah. on what he's talking about. And yep. those... 
Sometimes you recover really quickly. Sometimes it takes weeks mm -hmm. that there are a huge level of variability with nerve issues. So I, I don't think we're going to have any idea his availability until I, I would guess not soon. Mm -hmm. I would guess we don't know probably till late in the week. Uh, his availability yeah and uh and and he also was asked of course about why not logan smothers the answer was i guess what i figured it would be in terms of at the beginning of the second half they decided to go with chubba because they felt more comfortable with him throwing the football um and then they there was a follow-up later on did you think about changing to logan smothers though late and no it came back again to how how one guy throws the ball versus how the other guy doesn't throw the ball i guess i was just a little surprised Robbie, given yeah. given that Chuba struggled as much as he did, his final stat line for he this looked one, horrible. Yeah, by the way, it was uh, three of eight. So he went through the ball eight times, fifteen yards, and a pick, one interception. He of course didn't add a whole lot to the ground. He was sacked uh, multiple times, five rushes for negative eleven yards. So I guess my arg my argument would be at the beginning of the second half, you have plenty of time to score eleven points. Yeah, yeah. I, I look it, it, when they first brought him out there, I thought it made sense. Uh, but at a certain point in the second half, I think that I would have switched to Logan just to try something different. Because yeah. I, I, but look, I mean, if they don't trust Logan to throw the football, you know, should they trust Chubba to throw the football? No, they, I they, mean, they, you know dude, what I mean. I mean like even, that's, dude, even his motion, his throwing motion, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it looks not, horrifying. Yeah, not a good time. All right, Bob, Scott, Phil, and Derek, stay right there. When we return, we will get to your phone calls. No more press conferences. Uh, we will recap anything else that we see out of Lincoln as this show rolls on. Josh Peterson and Robbie Lula with you tonight on Big Red Overreaction, brought to you by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. Also brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill, and brought to you by Burton. When your plumbing's hurting, just call Burton. Back after this, Big Red Overreaction, 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.